Hi there, and welcome to the Curious Collective podcast, conversations designed for the veteran and first responder community to bring awareness to those holistic practices that help us live our best life. So tap into the wisdom and knowledge of our guests to heal, transform and live as your true soulful self. Hi there, listeners. And today we have with us the amazing Jeff Garland. Now, I discovered Jeff probably about two years ago now on social media because his posts really resonated with my theory that we are not broken and we can create change in our lives no matter what we do. And I have followed this man ever since and brought him on today to introduce himself. Welcome, Jeff. Hello, Kate. Thank you so much. I appreciate your support and uh, giving me a chance to to share my story with your listeners. Absolutely. And and what is it that you're doing these days? Can you share that with us? So for me, I am um, a big believer that things in life happen for a reason. So I now run my own business specialising in mental health and post-traumatic stress recovery and growth because of my journey in the police um, with the battling of post-traumatic stress, being diagnosed, being discharged, being suicidal, to now being fully recovered. So I now uh, work um, with clients around the world to help them process their past, their traumas without going into detail so they can reclaim their life to start living the life that they deserve because they've already sacrificed and suffered enough. So someone needs to be there for them. Yeah, and there's so much even in that short sentence that you've just said that I could completely unpack, right? But the part that I love the most is that you're claiming, you know, uh, you're claiming as in embodying and and taking on, yes, I have helped to transform and recover from PTS and, and I'm owning that is the word, not claiming, owning. And I love that. So thank you. And also like the lives that people deserve. Yes. You know, you actually do. You were born worthy, people. You were born worthy to create change in your life and to live your best life. So thank you for bringing the work that you do into this world. Thank you. I love what I do. And it, I never thought that my path would be on this, but I always thought I was going to be a policeman. But now I get to serve the police who are struggling, who don't have that support, who don't have the awareness um, that they need to you know, process the events and stuff from their past because you know, they're doing a job that a lot of people couldn't do when they're being left alone, being abandoned. And you know, because of the experience that I've gone through my journey, not only going through it, but getting through it um, to being on the other side of post-traumatic stress, then I can definitely use my experiences and my qualifications and my results um, to help those who are helping others because they really, really need it, not just in emergency services, but also in the military as well. Yeah, in life in general. But I think definitely the community that we both serve, you know, to have self-awareness is something that we don't really get a chance to have when we're in because you've got a job to do and you're in that sort of go, 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 do, do, do phase. So um, this is all new learnings. And I called my podcast The Curious Collective because I don't, I'd love your opinion on this. It's so important to get curious and to ask questions and to want to dive a bit deeper into you. It's it's true because the fact that especially being in the emergency services or military, what happens is that we basically, we've got rules and guidelines we're supposed to follow, there's certain things we do, go along with the culture and things like that. But at the end of the day, we're all human. So we don't always have to do the things that always have been done because what used to work years ago may not be relevant and work as effectively now because as time changing, people are becoming more elevated, more aware. So therefore, new modalities, new opportunities uh, are becoming available to people that can actually work a lot better, a lot faster, as opposed to say the old talk therapy, exposure therapy, which uh, used to work in the past, but may not be the best and is not the only option available for those who are serving and struggling because of their service um, or past traumas to actually process what they need to, to move forward. Yeah, very valuable. There was a lot in that as well. Thank you. So 
you you're at a place now where you're of service to others but where did this journey start for you what brought you um to be on the path that's that's got you here on this podcast with us today so it's been a long journey um so i um was first diagnosed i'm a retired senior sergeant i served 16 years in the new south wales police before i was medically discharged in 2011. Um, I was first diagnosed in 2001 after I jumped into the tray of a Stalin Ute in Redfern. Uh, good idea at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that stage, I knew I wasn't coping. I just didn't understand why. I just thought I was weak. I was in the wrong job because it's, you can't talk about it. There's lack of support. Certainly was no education um, about what post-traumatic stress was. So I wasn't coping, but I thought it was me. So I did the unpleased-like and unbloke-like thing. I put my hand up, went and got um, help. As a result, I was able to return to work for another 10 years. So oh, wow. sergeant, I finished my book. I started my law degree. I broke three Guinness World Records. I was still a very effective operational officer um, and loving husband and father. So for me, it was a journey. But then I didn't learn... I was able to process the events from the past that allowed me to go back to work, but then I got involved in more life-threatening things that, mm. that just um, compounded and, and I didn't use the same um, techniques that I did to actually get me to be able to return to work. So it became too much. Then I got a serious back injury. Then I um, was um, discharged. Um, and because of the fact of the loss of identity, because we all usually attach, especially in emergency services and military, we attach who we are to what we do. Mm. I you know, couldn't walk, couldn't work. I was told it was something I had to learn to live with. Um, and oh, who, like, who says that? Seriously. It happens way too often. Even like treating specialists say that these days, which is the wrong message, but I became suicidal. But then I realized, you know, that I've done this before. I can do it again. So now mm-hmm. I'm fully recovered. I can visit my locations. I can speak about my events in detail without being affected. So as I said at the beginning of the um the conversations, like I believe I had to I went through what I went through in order for me to get through here. It happened for a reason. It's hard to see that when you're actually going through it. There's always a positive and a negative, but now I can look back going, you know, that happened that way. I had to go through that that journey by myself to actually get to where I am because now my level of awareness is so much greater than most other people, especially in terms of post-traumatic stress because I've been doing NLP for over 25 years. I've been on the PTS journey for over 20 years. So, um, and I'm fully qualified in NLP, timeline therapy and hypnotherapy. So I have all these tools as well as lived experience on my side i've also got results so i can actually speak to people in a way that they understand um that they can relate to because i've gone through it as well i know what it's like um without them having to go into detail so now i can actually use my services to help people i don't have to do it because of the fact that you know i'm fully recovered i can go yep i can just move on with my life i have my law degree but as i said I believe that things in life happen for a reason. This is my path. This is my purpose. It's something that I have to do. Um, It's a must for me in order to, because I know that there's so many people out there struggling because of life, because of childhood, because of service that aren't getting the help and support that they need. They've given the wrong messages. And it's my job, my purpose to actually help them in any way that that they will allow me to. Mm, Oh, my goodness. Again, so much. Man, you talk fast. (laughs) So there's um, the path and the purpose. Loved yep. that the most there is uh, I've got another beautiful friend in our space that says, oh, like, how are you today? Yeah, good. I'm following my path. You know, it, we're always where we're meant to be doing what we're meant to be doing. Even if it's really shitty, there's a reason that you're there. There might be a lesson or something in it for you. And you can probably talk into that a little bit more in a second. But what I would love for you to go into now, for those listeners that don't know what NLP, hypnosis and the work that you have found and are now teaching and doing is. 
Okay, so for me, as I said, I've been doing NLP or Neuro Linguistic Programming for over 25 years. I did that um, just before I joined the job and I actually used NLP to fully recover. So NLP is about how we communicate with ourselves, the words we use to um, describe our experiences because the words we use to describe the experience become the experience. So we need to make sure that we're framing them in the correct way. It's about interrupting our patterns of thoughts and our associations based on our past. So basically we're looking at life through the lens of what's happened to us and it's the words that we use that are is our interpretation and perspective of what's happening. It may not be true, it may not be real, but it is what it is. So I've been doing that very, very effectively for over 25 years. Um, in the last uh, six years, I've also learned hypnotherapy and timeline therapy. Um, now, timeline therapy is my most favourite modality to use because it's not talk therapy, it's not exposure therapy. Um, it actually allows people to identify now, what are the events from the past that are affecting you? What's the event? What's the emotion? And what's the belief? And through the process, we release the trauma emotion by emotion. Mm -hmm. So I can help people release anger and sadness from their past in less than an hour without going into detail or from the safety and comfort of their own home. Um, and I love the fact that I get, and it was actually introduced in England um, back in the 80s when um, to actually help soldiers come back from war to help process. But the way I do it seems to be a lot more effective than what's happening. And But organisations, they like to approve the old modalities of the talk therapy. And I mean, I don't bag out any, um, I, as long as someone's doing something that works for them, fantastic. But yeah. just because it's always been done doesn't mean you always have to do it. There's certainly a lot Ask more. Ask the questions, get curious. That's right. Um, and that's why I love doing what I do because there's no detail. I don't have to take on what they're telling me and they haven't got to go into detail too. Like I've treated psychologists before too because they do the talk therapy and exposure therapy. They've got their own stuff, but they're also taking on their client stuff too. Mm. In the way that I do it, they don't go into detail. They don't spiral. They haven't got to relive anything. I don't take their stuff on either, which certainly helps us and creates better results. Mm. Um, and I also do hypnotherapy, which is about being able to reprogram the mind. And I do that at the end of my programs because the fact that it's much easier to reprogram the mind once you've released all the events that have created these negative associations and beliefs that um, have caused you to do that. So once we get clear out the emotions and the events, by the time we get to the hypnotherapy, your body's in a more relaxed, more positive state, much easier to reprogram with healthy suggestions and habits. So, um, yeah, I love the fact that I get to use them and, and, and to work with clients all around the world mm. in a place where they're willing to, to choose themselves to make themselves the priority. Oh, the thing you just said is the most important out of all of that is like people choosing themselves, right? right. How from your work you've been doing over the last 25 years, like how many people don't choose themselves? I think pretty much everybody every day, every second of every day, because we all we all come from a, a level of awareness that we know is we believe is possible. Mine's greater because the fact that I've gone through it and gotten through it. So because of the lack of education and awareness, that people don't know what post-traumatic stress is, they don't know how the mind works they don't know how trauma affects the brain they don't know that they can actually be in control make conscious decisions to actually go on a different timeline a different path so they keep doing the same sort of things and keep think that basically they're stuck that they can't get any better you get specialists saying that it's a life sentence it's, you have to learn to live with it we've got people are socializing on facebook groups and stuff that just reinforce the negative the fact i'm stuck um, oh, I cannot be in. I cannot be in those Facebook groups. I just am like get itchy reading them. I, I mean, I've been kicked out of Facebook groups before because I mentioned the word recovery. I mentioned the word hope and help and stuff like that, and I get abused because the fact that how dare I um, say that? But Take level, their label away from them. Exactly right. Why? 
level of awareness is much greater and giving people hope, but they are coming from a place of guilt and shame, the fact that they haven't done it and they don't believe it's possible and they've got their own stuff going on. So, But people just live unconsciously, keep going in a circle to cycle, stay on the hamster wheel until usually something significant happens and they, they something comes into their 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 vibration and they may connect with me and they, this sounds a bit different and open new doors and stuff like that. But people are in a comfort zone because they've been there and they believe and been told that they're stuck, that they don't believe anything else is possible. So they tend to stay there because it's safer for them to stay there as opposed to actually make themselves the priority, take that step, trust in somebody else who's actually walked the path for them. Trust, yes. They've got to feel safe. And I feel like conversations like we're having right now, yes, they create curiosity and make people ask the questions and want to do this, but also um, open the door for for a place to be seen and heard and to feel safe to enable to do this work. So, you know, uh, guests that we have on here have all sorts of different modalities and, you know, it might be someone will attend a sound healing or a breathwork session or something that, plants that seed for them and then like you just said which I think is so beautiful they're in that vibration that then brings you into their awareness and they're like oh who's this guy and they might investigate and follow the breadcrumbs around you and go oh look at what he's done maybe I can do that yeah and and come and see you for a session so the the listeners I believe that we've got listening to this podcast are the ones that are already at the door peeping in uh that want that want some answers so um and we chatted about something before the call, which I think is really cool that I want to bring up is so many within our community are out there, give, give, give of service, helping, helping. I put that in inverted commas for those that aren't watching the video, um, but they're not actually choosing themselves that, that Jeff just spoke so beautifully about and actually helping themselves. So could we have a little conversation about that one from your uh, experience watching people within our community over the last decade? Absolutely. And it's very important because the fact that, especially those who are in the services, emergency services, military things, our job is to serve others, is to protect others. So it's always about others and not about us. So at the end of the day, we're only human. We need to make sure that we're okay, that our cup's full, that we can actually have enough to help others, but also have more than enough for ourselves. So I always say to, to, to love or give from the overflow. So it's important that we do stuff that is make sure that we're okay because people being in services we want to help people but people who are struggling with their own mental health whether it's post-traumatic stress depression anxiety child trauma whatever it is they'll go and help but they when they speak to people especially when they do have the conversations of talk therapy and sit down with someone people like in our industry like to talk we like to offload we like to tell stories but what that is doing is that person's unloading onto this other person who's already got their own stuff. So yeah. therefore it just adds and overflows their bucket even more. Mm-hmm. And it can actually make the other person feel okay. But then that person who's trying to help walks away worse because what the other person could be saying could be triggering to them, could bring up their own stuff, could actually add to um, their feelings of isolation, overwhelm, feeling lost and, uh, and stuck. So although we like to care for others, the most important person we need to care for is ourselves. Mm. And we do that by processing our past, by actually looking at things in a different perspective, being curious, as you say, because mm. we don't have to keep doing things you always used to do. Like we never used to have computers and never used to have internet. Now we've got this AI stuff. Like it's okay to adapt. It's okay to be curious and investigate because if you keep doing the same sort of things that don't work or you stay where you are, nothing's going to change. Yeah. If nothing changes, nothing changes. So you need to be open to look at what else is available rather than being told you're stuck okay just go okay and just stay there mm. 
you've got to put yourself first. You've got to go look beyond where you are and find out what other people are doing. Even if it's just a conversation, if you just mm. connect with them, read their their stories, um, watch, watch a video or something like that, you need to be open to doing something different that you haven't done before because if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same results. Mm. And that is just pure gold what's just come out of your mouth. And And the thing I also got out of there is like, you know, these outlandish blanket, you know, this is how you've got to live with it type comments coming from professionals that you're like, okay, cool. Thank you for letting me know that. But I don't choose that for me. Uh, I'm going to investigate other things to see if this is actually what, you know, I'm not going to just listen to you. I'm going to go and try all these other things or read some stuff or watch some videos or chat to people. Yeah. Because a lot of that comes back to the lack of education and awareness. So because we don't know what post-traumatic stress is, because we label it as a disorder, our mind creates its own association, its own interpretation. So we may see someone at work one day who's not there the next. They've been discharged, their family relationships broken down, they're addicted to alcohol, they've attempted suicide or they've taken their own life. And to us, that's the association we create to us, to, to create to that so if it happens to them, then it could happen to me. And then we get told by the specialists, by these Facebook group supporters and things like that, our friends whose level of awareness is only based on their own interpretation and what they've been told um, is the fact that you're stuck. So we tend to stay there. So it's important that you connect to with the right people because even the specialists and the, everyone else, like they haven't got the lived experience. Yes, they may have read the thing saying, this is what post-traumatic stress is, this is the signs and symptoms, this is what you should do, take this medication. But they're coming from their own level of awareness based on the, their level of um, expertise, based on their education, what they've learned. Mm. Whereas someone like me who's gone through it before, I've done all that, I've got the expertise, but I've also got the experience. So I can stand back and go, you know, that that's okay. You can, I mean, if you want to go get your car fixed, you want to get it fixed by someone who's read a manual on how to fix a car or someone who's had the head under the bonnet. Same with surgery, same with whatever else. I'm not just someone who's read a book. I've actually lived it for over 20 years. I've gotten results. I've made mistakes. I wish I had me now back then when I first started, but I needed to go through that journey, that process. I've made a lot of mistakes going, but now knowing what I know now, I can say, look, I'm an expert in this. I understand what post-traumatic stress is, what it isn't. It's not a disorder. It's not a definition. It's a diagnosis. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know how to help people. I know how people to release it without going into detail. I know what to do. There's such mm-hmm. an amazing life, this side of service and trauma. People are just too far away, disconnected mm-hmm. um, or not uh, aware of what's possible. So they need to just, you know, just be curious, just be open, mm-hmm. have conversations and just put themselves first. Because if they, time's one thing we can't get back. We can't wait another three weeks, six months, six years sort of thing because it's we don't have that time. We've only got a, a finite amount of time on this planet. Um, and it, like COVID started like, nearly four years ago. It's, mm-hmm. it's already, um, nearly November already. Like, mm-hmm. And the more time we waste, the longer, the more time we lose. So mm-hmm. you've got to decide for yourself, make a decision, be honest with yourself and actually take those steps to reach out because help's available. You're not broken. You're not crazy. Yes. You, you've just... <laughs> Going through, I mean, all post-traumatic stress is unresolved negative emotional events from the past. It's your body's way of saying to you that, you know, you've been involved in things in your past that's having an effect upon you and the symptoms are actually positive because if you didn't have the symptoms of post-traumatic stress, you won't know you're affected. Mm. It's like flu. You wouldn't, if you didn't have the symptoms of having the flu, you wouldn't know you are sick, mm-hmm. okay? These symptoms are actually your body's way to try and release the trauma in a physiological sort of way. It's telling you that, You've been involved in stuff. You're only human doing a very inhuman job um, and you just need to make sure you look after yourself and let go of the past. 
it would be more of a concern if you weren't affected by what you've been involved in as opposed to the fact that you are but the culture says that you can't reach out and the problem isn't post-traumatic stress or the events the problem is the culture mm. it allows these people to not feel like they can reach out for help so it's not the fact that it's the jobs we tend that the things like that it's the fact that the culture won't support you to do it because mm. if you get the right support and education no, it doesn't become post-traumatic stress until the first 30 days. Mm. So there's a, a gap there. You can actually go and get help, but no one's talking about it. So the culture just breeds the fact for this just to to manifest and to you know, control people's lives and end people's lives. Man, there's so much goodness right there. Let's just for a second hypothesise a utopian system where, you know, the, the, the first responder space and the military space has these support networks in place they are able to go and seek support and it's okay uh, there are holistic practices embedded into the services that enable people to regulate their nervous system on a day-to-day basis and people like yourself that are in there doing the subconscious work without all the talk therapy how would that look and what is even a place to start with that well, the best place to start is uh, education it's about from the academy like you taught how to to wrestle with an offender, what to do when to discharge a firearm, all the laws and stuff you've got to you know, use as, as part of the job. But we're not taught about you are going to see stuff in your career that's going to have an effect on you. And, you know, that's okay. If you do, this is what it is. These are the signs and symptoms. Here's where you get support. Here's treatment options available. It's to normalise the fact that you're going to get affected and it's okay because yeah. we all go in there passing all these psychological tests and stuff like that, but we all leave much worse than when we entered so it's definitely the the job the culture uh the lack of support that's that's the issue so for it to start it needs to go from the student police officer to the commissioner of police it needs to be a conversation where we go you know we've this problem's been around since um before the vietnam war no combat shock combat trauma things like that they just keep renaming it but we need to have an awareness this is what's happening the best thing to do the best tool you can have is education and awareness mm. normalizing it so it's okay to reach out it's okay to go and get help these are the signs and symptoms this is what you do if you're struggling and people will go and do it i mean i was able to return i processed my stuff i was able to return to work for another 10 years mm. so if i can do it and i've worked with people who have been on the streets who have been struggling who are now doing really well at work because of the fact that they've been able to process the stuff in the past so yeah. the longer we leave it the more stuff's going to compound we're losing a lot of very qualified, very experienced, very good officers. Yeah. Something that, they, that doesn't have to do. Absolutely. I mean, I believe that you can recover from post-traumatic stress. You can definitely manage it, but I believe you can also um, prevent it. Mm-hmm. Because the fact that it's definitely in terms of prevent the extent to which it affects people and to the extent of the number of people that are affected by it. Because yeah. if people had the awareness, you know, that, okay, I'm not my job. It's not my identity. It's just what I do. They can have the external networks, which they can then go and use outside of it rather than be the job, live the job. Because once you go off, the job's not there. You're left alone, you're abandoned. Everyone feels that sense of abandonment, that loss of identity. If people are aware, okay, these are the signs and symptoms. I can chat to my spouse. I can chat to my partner. I can go and get help. And it's okay to go and do that mm-hmm. and, and and share that experience, that knowledge, knowing that, it, that it's okay and that will better support you in the, in the job that you do. Mm. So it's about taking a step back, admitting, okay, no one's to blame. Let's just focus forward on what we need to do. Mm. There's so many people out there struggling who don't need to. Um, and then being left alone once they're being discharged from the from the services, which is the wrong thing to do for sure. Absolutely, they are. And there is so much wisdom in that. So everyone listening, rewind that last part and listen to it because that was pure gold. 
Jeff, you have so much knowledge and wisdom around this space, and I know it's from your lived experience as well. And I just wanted to drop in for the listeners as well. You never stop doing the work. And it, it isn't something that I want you to focus on doing like only every two years when shit gets really bad. Like actually do a little bit each day to regulate, to prevent, to bring your body into homeostasis so that when things happen too hard, too fast, too soon, you're able to take that in your stride, process it, chat with people like Jeff's just spoken into, and to continue on in a really uh, peaceful, calm, harmonious way. Uh, life can be easier if you choose you and stay curious pretty much. That's definitely the case because people either change through inspiration or desperation. They let things compound and build up until it explodes um, because basically they don't know what to do. They don't think that's okay. That I mean, there's a stigma around mental health and reaching out for help and everything else. So um, by doing things like meditation, yoga, going for walks, doing stuff that actually fills your cup, that looks after you, having conversation, leading a life beyond service, then you can actually deal with it. Go and getting help, go and get treatment, things for that that's already happened to you. It allows you to look at things from a different perspective because mm. what happens is, when we experience something, the unconscious mind takes in everything that, that's involved in it and we link an emotion to it, okay? So it puts a red flag in that. So when something happens in the future, we react with the emotion that we attach to that experience. So you're looking through a lens of everything that's happened to you in the past and that's what's going to come up for you each time you get involved in something or get triggered by something. So by being able to identify, being aware, going and get the help, being curious, then doing the stuff that works for you, just looking after yourself, just being human, being kind to yourself because... No, it's a very difficult job uh, and we can be very hard on ourselves. Just it's okay to put yourself first, to actually look after you because then you can live the life you want. You can actually look after other people and uh, make a difference and share your experiences to help other people because now I'm one voice, you're another voice. There needs to be a lot more voices out there sharing a similar sort of message. You don't have to relive the trauma in order to release it. You don't have to keep doing the same things you're doing. Other options are available. Choose you, reach out, make make have those conversations and just um, be open to other possibilities. Boom. <laughs> Listeners, what a fantastic episode. I am so grateful that you had the time to come on and speak with us, Jeff. So much wisdom. Uh, thank you very much. And I think we'll have you back at some stage because there is a lot more to be spoken into in this space. Thank you. I really appreciate you um, taking the time to have the conversation. I love talking about this. It's, I talk fast, just ask the, that the listeners listen faster. Um, <laughs> but uh, I love to have this conversation because there's so much work that needs to be done in this space, in the military and emergency services and, and people in life as well. So um, just know that there is hope, there is help, and you just got to reach out to those right people and just, just to choose you, make yourself that priority. Excellent. Thank you so much. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If this episode brought uh, some wisdom for you, please share it with those that you know and love that may need to hear this as well. Katie out. 